From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy is urging residents throughout a huge swath of rural western Alaska to prepare for what forecasters called a strong storm that is expected to pack high winds and could result in areas of coastal flooding. Warnings issued by the National Weather Service called for wind gusts in the 70-mile-per-hour range for parts of the western Arctic coast through today and the potential for water levels to reach up to 7 feet above normal high, line, high tide line late today and into tomorrow morning. Flooding in low-lying areas and erosion also was expected along the Chukchi Sea coast. Dunleavy provided an update yesterday on recovery efforts from the last storm, Typhoon Murbach. 161 homes have been inspected so far with 123 Identified with major damage, 15 homes are destroyed. This is all in the uh, storm path from the last storm that uh, occurred uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, priority is to get these homes buttoned up and safe for winter and ensure everyone has a place to live. As we mentioned, this is not like the lower 48. We have freeze up here in Alaska that's pretty predictable, and that usually starts to set in in western northern Alaska uh, sometime in mid-October. With regard to individual assistance, the state has taken almost 450 applications under the Individual Assistance Program. FEMA Individual Assistance Program has already distributed $790,000 in aid to impacted individuals. We've asked people to apply for both state and federal programs at the same time, just in case the federal application is rejected. And uh, we're thankful to see FEMA is moving quickly to get aid to impacted individuals. He says that food and other supplies are being airshipped in. A C-130 is headed to the region today with 16,000 pounds of uh, relief supplies. Uh, the BIA is delivering 15 pallets of water uh, every couple of weeks to Unicleat. Uh, with regard to subsistence foods, 10,000 pounds of salmon donated by Trident on the way from Kodiak to Hooper Bay and Chivak. Alaska Fishing Game has reopened or extended moose hunts at the request of community members in Good News Bay, uh, Unicleat, and Gullivan. And we know it's a... Re- uh, it's definitely a, a priority to replace subsistence foods that were lost as a result of the last storm. Brian Fisher, director of the state's emergency management division, spoke to the number of people still displaced from the last storm. So we're still looking at approximately 50 residents uh, throughout the impacted area from the last storm that are still displaced. The governor mentioned the number of destroyed homes that we've, we have uh, that we're dealing with right now. Um, our, our priorities are, are kind of twofold. One is to continue the temporary repairs. These are all temporary repairs uh, for homes that are still deemed livable to get them jacked up and, and leveled out again to replace all the insulation and plywood that was damaged to replace Toyo stoves and things like that so folks can get back into those homes. For those that have uh, homes that are destroyed, they're not going to be replaced before freeze-up this year. So we are working directly with FEMA and with our partners at the Red Cross to make sure we find temporary accommodations for those survivors survivors of this disaster. Blood Bank of Alaska said Tuesday that they are in critical need of O positive and O negative donors. Due to recent use of these blood types, there is an immediate need for donors at all Alaska centers. CEO of Blood Bank Alaska, Bob Scallon, said O negative and O positive donors are often the most used blood type for traumas. He added that their partner hospitals have been experiencing increased need for these blood types in recent weeks. The blood bank said in a release that one in seven hospital patients need blood during their treatment. By donating blood, they said a person could save as many as three lives. Blood can be donated at a local area blood center located in Anchorage, Wasilla, Fairbanks, and Juneau. 
The blood bank is asking donors to call 907-222-5630 or visit bloodbankofalaska.org. On October 4th, Superior Court Judge Eric A. Arseth has sentenced 36-year-old Kevin Gerald Tuckfield to serve 50 years for escape, robbery, and attempted kidnapping. Tuckfield pled guilty to escape in the second degree prior to his June jury trial on charges of robbery in the first degree and attempted kidnapping. The trial evidence showed that in March of 2015, Tuckfield escaped from the Anchorage Correctional Complex a few hours later as 36-year-old identified as D.R. was vacuuming her car outside of a car wash on Lake Otis. Tuckfield approached her and told her that he had a gun. Tuckfield then threatened to kill her and forced D.R. into the, her car. T- D.R. was able to escape and yell for help. Good Samaritans heard her, ran to assist her, and tracked a fleeing Tuckfield for a short distance before calling 911. Anchorage police apprehended Tuckfield a few blocks away. Authorities in Juneau are still asking assistance in solving a car fire from August. On August 2nd, at about 5 in the morning, CCFR received a report of a vehicle fire on Alpine Street in the parking lot next to Mennonal Auto. Upon arrival, fire personnel found that there were five vehicles in various stages of burning. Fire Marshal Dan Jagger on Action Line this week said they have video now. We have video footage that shows two individuals going into that lot, doing something near the vehicle, and then leaving, and then very shortly after that, we see smoke and flames uh, coming from the vehicle. We don't know who those two people are. Um, the video wasn't very clear if it was male or female. So, you know, that one is one where we're still relying on the public. If they hear any information, please contact myself, uh, the police department. Let us know what you have, and we can do some more follow-ups on there. Um, it's just one of many cases like that where we're hoping that the public can help us out on it. Fire Marshal Dan Jager. Fairbanks International Airport received top honors for their environmental work on PER and polyfluorinated substances, or PFOS, used in firefighting activities at airports. The Airports Council International, North America, named Fairbanks International Airport as one of five recipients to their 2022 Environmental Achievement Award in the mitigation category last week. The award recognizes work to protect and preserve the environment through airport programs and policies. The goal of the Fairbanks Airport's PFOS program is to identify and mitigate the risk to human health. The department used the program as a framework at other airports throughout the state's aviation system. The U.S. Postal Service provided shipping deadlines this week ahead of the holiday season. They say that in order for your package either to or from Alaska and make it to its destination by December 25th, they recommend to send it out December 2nd if using retail ground. For those using first-class mail or priority mail, they say the 17th. For Priority Mail Express, ship it by December 21st. The Postal Service wrote that effective June 6th, packages containing hazardous materials like lithium-ion batteries in particular must now be mailed by service transportation for safety reasons. The Postal Service said the new requirements for shipping used electronics and other hazardous materials is because items of this nature can cause fires and other dangers to mailers, air carriers, aircraft passengers, and others. 
For the 2022 holiday season, the Postal Service has implemented temporary price adjustments. The changes are in place through January 22nd of next year for both retail and business customers. They said the temporary rates will keep the Postal Service competitive and are similar to adjustments in past years to help cover extra handling costs to ensure a successful holiday season. News of the North checked in with Congresswoman Mary Peltola this week. She spoke to her assignment to the U.S. House Committee on Natural Resources. I'm very, very thrilled to be on that committee. That committee is of great importance to Alaska. Um, We are a resource extraction state, and so that committee has a lot of say-so over what happens in Alaska and, and with Alaskan industries. Um, I am a full member of the committee. There are other people who are on the committee who don't have full membership, but um, I'm very fortunate that I was um, provided that. And um, it has already allowed me to participate in things like the markup of the Magnuson-Stevens reauthorization. Um, so that, that has been really um, a, a good fit for Alaska. The Magnuson-Stevens Act had passed out of the Resources Committee, but but the Congresswoman says she's not confident. Currently, it will pass the Senate after the election season. I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to pass through the Senate as well, but I think that we have, there has been so much work done on it. Um, Representative Jared Huffman from California has had numerous listening sessions throughout the country, and we have made uh, improvements on a number of different fronts. Um, We added two indigenous seats to the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council, and I I really want to emphasize that Congressman Young was in full support of those two seats being added to the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council. So even even if this bill doesn't pass the Senate this cycle, we have a good framework to start out with in the next um, congressional term. Congresswoman Mary Peltola. Juno Senator Jesse Keel voiced his thoughts on the new Alaska DOT program aimed at reimagining the marine highway system. Last month, the Alaska Department of Transportation launched the Charting the Course Towards Thriving Communities, Reimagining AMHS, a program aimed at restoring reliability. Part of the announcement was was an end to dynamic pricing. Keel says the system hiked prices rather than decreased. Doing away with, remember we didn't have dynamic pricing, right? Airlines, cruise ships, private sector folks who move people around. They look at how full, how, how much they have to have sold by a month, you know, six months out and, and six weeks out and whatever. And they adjust the prices. If it's selling great, they're going to get a little more money out of the last few tickets. If it's not selling at all, they're going to run a discount because they're still sending the plane, the boat, the whatever, and they want to make sure it's full. But this system that AMHS had was only dynamic price hiking. There was never a discount. It was only oh, gee, it looks like we might be near capacity. Let's wring the bucks out of Alaskans. The program provides a color-coded status update for ferry service now, providing a status of the ferry's health. The other thing they announced was this notion that they're going to have, you know, sort of red, orange, green. It's a disaster, all hands on deck. It's, uh, oh, things are not in disaster mode, but golly, you know, everybody work hard. And then green, it's like, hey, full speed ahead. Okay, I mean, you can put colors on what we already knew. I think the key thing is um, they're finally responding to some of the crewing challenges that those Dunleavy budget 
shortcuts and Dunleavy's attempt to scuttle the ferry system created um, that were exacerbated. They were made worse by this pandemic thing. Um, but um, we're finally responding. That we need to now look forward. To address the crew shortages for the ferry system, Keel says an employee pipeline needs to be created. The OPEC alliance of oil exporting countries has decided to sharply cut production to support sagging oil prices. Uh, more from ABC's Tom Rivers at the Foreign Desk. Come November, the cartel will cut production by some 2 million barrels a day. That's what energy ministers have decided at OPEC headquarters in Vienna. The move could deal the struggling global economy yet another blow and raise politically sensitive pump prices for U.S. drivers just ahead of the key midterm elections. Tom Rivers, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Never miss a story or a newscast at keinyradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.